Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hey, this, this, you know what? I've got a lot of scripture today, okay? And in seminary or in the church world, if you will, this type of a teaching is known as an expository type of a teaching. I'm gonna kind of go line by line through Isaiah chapter 40, because, you know, Pastor Ashley and I, we we were praying the last couple of weeks about this Sunday right here. Uh, We're just a couple of days out from the election, and we just really kind of landed the plane on, man, you know what? Uh, I want to hear what God has to say right now. You know, uh, a lot of times, I'm just speaking for myself, you know, I can tend to maybe throw a little bit too much of what JF feels about things going on or, or scripture or an idea. Uh, and this is a moment where we got to hear from God. And, you know, uh, let's just be honest right now. There, our country feels like it's in chaos, uh, polarization, uh, a lot of divisive conversations. Um, it's just there's anxiety and fear. Uh, people are afraid what's going to happen uh, you know, next week. And I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just kind of all, in fact, this past week, uh, uh, we uh, celebrated Ashley's birthday a little bit late. You know, with COVID, it was tricky with kids trying to find a babysitter. Uh, so my in-laws are in town, by the way, they're watching online. My in-laws are in town right now. And so with that, we got a night out up to Seattle uh, just to have dinner to celebrate Ashley's 40th birthday. And we had a great time but let me just tell you, it's been a minute since I've been to Seattle, and it looks a little different, if you know what I'm talking about. We were walking, I don't know, downtown Wednesday night about rush hour. It's probably five o'clock at night, and it was like a ghost town. It was eerie, man. Nordstrom, all boarded up, Westlake Center. I'm like, is there anybody here? You know, and as we were walking down the street, you could, you could almost like sense fear and anxiety and uncertainty in the air. And for me, it was like a moment. I, I felt like I had a moment as I walked through a city that I love so much in a part of the country that I grew up in and I love so much. I was just reminded by the Holy Spirit, son, I have you. Put your trust in me. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. I want to I want to give you a little biblical perspective as we navigate this week together. And I'm reminded, I'm going to present it to you in scripture, that God is up to something. He has a plan. He hasn't let you down, brother. He hasn't forgotten you, sister. He holds you. He loves you. And we will get through this together. But you know, one of the questions that have come up to me a few times. And obviously because this question would come to me because of the role I'm in is, pastor, you know, where's God in all of this? What, what, What does God have to say about what's going on right now in our nation? What's he have to say about politics? Uh, pastor, that whole in God we trust thing that we see on our money and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff like, like, has God removed his hand from our nation? Is, is, is he, is he, has he walked, has he, has he left America because of the sin that we have produced within our nation? And, and so I, these questions have come up. And, you know, some of these same questions 
we see groups of people known as the Israelites asking in their state of being. And I wanna look at the book of Isaiah chapter 40 specifically because in this chapter, we see God's people uh, in a situation where they're facing some uncertainty. They have their own questions about, God, are you gonna rescue us one more time? We have managed to place ourselves in this position. Are you there? Do you still love us? And I believe today that we can learn a little bit from a group of people that walked through some of the same experiences and emotions that we are all feeling. And let me tell you, it's not just, it's not just exclusive to the world. We sense it in the church as well. You know, um, a few weeks ago, my son Fulton, I heard him crying. And, you know, every time, you know, I hear one of my kids crying, and oh, here we go. It's going to be, a, you know, who knows what's going on. And he comes running up the stairs, and he runs in. And he goes, Dad, Izzy took my Power Ranger. You know, just like it's the end of the world, his toy Power Ranger. Ah, oh, Dad, she took it. And as he's crying, kind of shaking his arms, I notice in his hand, he has a little girl baby doll in his hand. And as he's shaking his hands at me saying, my sister took my Power Ranger, I noticed that he had his sister's baby doll in his hand. And I said, Fulton, she took your Power Ranger? Yes. And I said, well, Fulton, what do you have in your hand? And he said, I have Izzy's baby doll. And I said, did, after Izzy took your Power Ranger, did you take her? Oh, yeah, I took her baby doll after she. And I said, I said, well, Fulton, you simply did the exact same thing that your sister did to you. And I'll never forget it. He held up and he said, no, but dad, this is different. This is different. This is a totally different situation. And man, I feel like sometimes as believers, we might hear someone who's in my position or we read a story of a group of people from thousands of years ago. And the guy or the girl up here says, we can learn something from these people. We go, yeah, but no, 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 maybe so. But my thing is so much different. I don't see how that applies to my situation. And what I want to say is it does. It does. We can take something away from what we see happening in the lives of God's people, God's chosen people. And I want you to know, my friend, here's a, here's a little, little bit more of encouragement today. You are God's chosen, not because of anything that you did, but because of everything Jesus did for you. And when you accept him and say yes to him, scripture says that we're grafted in. Uh, that's not even my talk today, but I'm just saying here we go. Let's get to the scripture here. Isaiah chapter 40. If you have your Bibles, let me tell you, I've got a lot of scripture, so I gotta, I gotta move along here. But let me give you a little bit of context as we look to this passage. Isaiah 40, God's people 
they are, they're, they're being held in Babylon in captivity. They're prisoners. Some of them are actually treated as slaves. And just to give you a, an idea, this is 500 years plus before Jesus arrives on the scene. And so I just mentioned it during this time. There's all kinds of questions. God, do we have a future? God, are you still for us? God, do you still care about us? Is there any kind of a way out? Could you and will you act in our behalf? Same questions that a lot of us seem to be asking today within the church here in America. And with that reality of, of the people of God in Babylon's captivity, the question is, how does it compare to us in the church today? And a little bit more context here. Babylon was an empire that was characterized by the glorification of self over God. And if you've been in church for a, a minute or two, maybe you've heard this phrase. And the phrase is uh, a Babylonian spirit uh, or, or the spirit of Babylon. And really, this is an ancient tactic of the enemy to bring confusion to God's people by making them think more of themselves and what they want than of God and what he desires. So when you hear this spirit of Babylon or he's got a Babylonian spirit, that, that is referencing somebody who has an, a, a personal agenda over God's. Are you with me? It's a, it's a spirit of selfishness and me before somebody else. I'm going to step over her to get what I want the spirit of Babylon. In fact, the book of Revelation, you can look at it even this afternoon, talks about this spirit of Babylon over and over and over again, that this spirit would take hold during the last days. Isaiah chapter 40, let's get to it right now. Verse one, this is the prophet communicating to God's people what God had told him. So, so this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people of God, and it applies to you right now. This is what God has to say to his people. Verse one, it says this, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Let me just stop right there and break down that word comfort very quickly here. The word comfort appears all throughout the scripture, but it can be a bit misleading in our contemporary English. For us, in English, comfort really means soothing. Uh, the way we interpret the word comfort based on our um, contemporary English is uh, to ease our pain, to make us feel better. It's the lazy boy. You know what I'm talking about? Don't, don't get me wrong, because I like that, right? It's, it's like the soothing, right? But in the context of how it's used in scripture, the Hebrew word used here is nahamu. And that word, the Hebrew definition of the word comfort actually translates better to strengthen, to encourage, and to instill a sense of security. 
So on one hand, you have comfort, meaning soothing, ease my pain, which, is, which, which by the way, is a great definition. But in this context, the, the original language means more, I'm going to comfort you by strengthening you, by giving you a sense of security. Would you like that today, my friend? This is the type of comfort that God is referring to his people and to you today. It's God is saying, encourage and strengthen my people in the middle of their discouragement. Give them courage to keep going. I can and I will deliver you and I want you today. My friend, if you're feeling discouraged, if you feel weak, God promises you in the midst of the chaos to comfort you through a process of of supernatural strengthening of you. Come on, I received that right now. And the reality of what was going on with the people of God in this passage of scripture is that they, they, were have, they were going to have to endure a little bit more suffering in Babylon. They, they, it wasn't just going to be fixed automatically. They, they were going to have to endure a few more hard days. And God was saying, essentially, I'm going to give them strength comfort them as they walk through this valley. And God is speaking through Isaiah to bolster them, to give them the strength they need. And this is the first point that I want you to write down right now. If you find yourself confused, JF, I kind of find myself, I'm thinking, I feel a little bit confused right now. All right. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking for truth in all this stuff. Right. But I find my truth through what he's saying and my encouragement through what he's doing and through his word. And if you find yourself confused or discouraged on this November 1st, a couple days out from the election, write this down. Ask yourself this question, am I looking to be soothed or strengthened? Ask yourself, am I looking to be soothed or strengthened? I can remember... I can remember my son Fulton learning how to walk. Just a little guy, you know. And I can remember getting up behind him and uh, holding him like this. And he would start to, you know, kind of start taking steps. And I'd let go. And maybe he'd take one or two steps and then he'd just hit, he'd hit the ground. And I'd, I'd pick him back up and, and, and we'd do it again. And I can remember a couple of times where he was, he was doing this and he's kind of got his foot stuck on the carpet and just went face down. I'm talking like, boom, right? And parents, you know what I'm talking about, that, sh- that, that ah, I'm talking like, like blood curdling. And, and like any good parent or caretaker or grandma, grandpa, like, what do we do? Like our instinct is, ah, like, like, and like, like we, we pick up our daughter, right? Our son, like, oh my word. And we, and we flip him over. Oh, are you okay, buddy? Ah, most of the time they're okay. But, ah, and what do we do? We, 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 we bring them, we bring our children to ourselves and we hold them and we rock and we stroke. It's okay, honey. It's okay. And maybe it's a little boo-boo here on the cheek and we rub whatever that look. And what do we do? We bring comfort and the type of comfort that we are delivering to our babies is one of soothing, of, 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 of rescue and, and easing of pain. But there were other times in the process, you know, I'm talking about Pastor Jordan, you got kiddos, where, where that baby gets to doing this, right? And ah, and they're, they're in it, and they hit the deck, right? And they kind of, they think that they're hurt, right? 
but they're not really hurt. And they kind of look at you like, how are you going to react? Maybe I'll respond based on how you react. But in that moment, something happens where you're actually downloading comfort. But how does it manifest during that minute? It manifests through you saying, come on, stand back up. I'm going to hold you. Put your foot out in front of the other one, son. Take another step. I'm going to let go now and you're going to keep walking. What is that? It's, a, it's, it's just as much comfort, but that type of comfort is one of strengthening, of encouraging, of moving forward. And so often, man, I, so often I have been guilty of looking to God, looking to the Lord to be soothed. And he's trying to comfort me through strength. So my friend this morning, you got to ask yourself, we're all looking for some comfort. But are you want, do you need a stroking today? Maybe you do. Or, or, or is it strength? I don't know about you, but Matt, I need some strength today. Strength today. Isaiah chapter 40, look at verse six. And really, friends, this is all about perspective. You have to make sure we're keeping proper perspective through everything that's going on right now. This is the word of the Lord. I gotta move. All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. Look at this picture being painted right now. This is God speaking through the prophet. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. What, what is God saying right, right here? He's saying the faithfulness of people, of, of, the faithfulness of even God's people. It comes, it goes, seasons, here today, gone tomorrow. Maybe you've experienced this with people in your life before, that person who you thought would always be there. Maybe it was your ex and he stepped out on you or that person that loved you thought what, and, 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 and they walked away. This is what the word's talking about right here. People, because we're broken, uh, we're faithless at times. But I want you to know, God, he remains faithful. His faithfulness endures forever. Question one more time, am I looking to be soothed? or strengthened during this chaotic time in our country? Here's the second question to ask yourself during these times of chaos and confusion and uncertainty and fear and anxiety, and that is, here it is, man. Can I have two hours for this one point? Right here, here it is. Number two, which kingdom has my allegiance first? Write that down. Which kingdom has my allegiance first? You gotta ask, that, ask yourself that question. And you gotta be, more than ask it, you gotta like be honest with yourself. Now, I'm not just talking about alignment. I'm not just talking about affiliations. I'm talking about your identity. I'm talking about where, where are you placing your energy and your attention? Which kingdom are you giving the most to? And God addresses this. It's, it's almost as if he's taken a few minutes to remind his people who he is, what he's all about, 
and the nature of his character. And, and strictly for comparison purposes, verse 9, he begins to lay out and answer this question of who he is. Look at verse 9. While we ask ourselves, what question, which kingdom has my allegiance first? You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. It's like he's saying, be loudest about me and who I am. Man, oh, man, ah, should I do it? Facebook, come on, believers. Man, let's get loud about what Jesus is up to through our social media. Man, I, I look around social media and people with the title Christian putting all of their energy on what's happening in the government, promoting just their affiliation and their political parties. And I'm like, man, it, that's fine, but come on, let me hear a little bit about Jesus from you. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, so this, is what, this is what Jesus is saying through the prophet Isaiah during an incredibly difficult time for the people of God. He's saying, make my name known. Let them know who I am. Yeah. You better go quicker, pastor. All right. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. He's saying, I'm calling my people to remind each other of the truth of who I am and what I'm calling you to do. Verse 10, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him, meaning God is mighty, he's power, but then he goes on to unpack another angle of who God is, and that is verse 11. He, look at this. Here's this comfort component. He tends his flocks like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young, meaning God's also loving and caring and he's concerned about you. I, I want you to know that that's the type of God that you serve today. He, he's concerned when you're concerned. When you hurt, he empathizes, not just stops there, but he cares for you and he loves you. But then he, 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 uh, he goes back into making sure you remember just who he is. And, and then it turns in, I love when scripture does it, 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 it kind of goes into this rhetorical question thing, if you will. Verse 12, you know, here's God. Who, who has measured the waters in the hollow if, of his hand? Spoiler alert, that's God, no? <laughs> or, or with the breadth of his hand marked of the heavens, God, now look at this. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Yep, that's still only God, okay. Verse 13, who can fathom the spirit of the Lord? Meaning, who can even begin to understand the magnitude of who God is or instruct the Lord as his counselor? So, you know, sometimes we think that we can do that. You know what I'm talking about? So, sometimes like, well, God, like, don't you see it this way? <laughs> or have you considered, it's like, who am I to counsel Almighty God? Verse 14, Here, here's, here's some sarcasm now. Here's the rhetorical question thing and sarcasm 
I love God. He's even got a sense of humor. Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? It's like God speaking in a third, in a sarcastic third person type of a thing. He says, he says, whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? Who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Verse 15, surely, here we go, here we go. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. What's going on right now? He wants all of us to stop and have perspective. We serve a big God who just goes, and we exist. Verse 16, Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Verse 17, before him, all the nations, I love this man, before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than Nothing. He, listen, I, I, don't, don't get me wrong. He, he's not saying that nations don't matter, okay? Like, don't interpret that wrong. He, he's not saying that uh, nations are meaningless or they don't matter. He's saying to his people, keep proper perspective on who I am. As you reside, as your citizens of your nations and your countries, where there's governments and rules and regulations, keep in mind that I'm above all of it. And just like this, I can do whatever I want with it. That's the type of God we serve. But in the midst of all of this, he picks us up like little lambs that he cares. So this is, this is the depth. This is the width of who God is. The, the, the eternal magnitude of who he is, where he could and end it all if he ever wanted to. In the same breath, he picks up the little bird that's fallen out of the tree. This is who we serve today. We need perspective on who God is. And Jesus, you want to, well, that's the Old Testament, Pastor. I know. Jesus even teaches us this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. He says, so do not worry or, or give majority of your attention to saying, what shall we eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. And here it is. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, meaning his ways, his plans, his Holy Spirit. And all these things will be given to you as well. Other allegiances aren't wrong. They're not wrong. As long as your first allegiance is to the kingdom of God. Seek him and his kingdom. As the band comes back right now, I end with this last thought. And then we'll pray. Here's the last question. 
to ask yourself during these times of uncertainty, chaos, anxiety, not sure what next week's gonna look like. The people of God were there on multiple occasions. In whom is my hope? In whom is my hope? Meaning, who am I trusting in? Who am I really looking to? Ask yourself that. Who is that? What is that? Isaiah 40, verse 18. The very opening line um, confirms this question that I just asked, and that is 18. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold, fashions silver chains for it. He goes on to poetically articulate he goes on to poetically articulate how massive and how great and how mighty our God is and that people are like grasshoppers in comparison to him. Look at this, Isaiah uh, verse 23. He says, he brings princes. You can insert king or president or prime minister, if you will, or governor. Put whatever you want there. He brings princes to not, that word not actually means to zero. He, so he brings princes to zero and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted. No sooner are they sown. No sooner do they take root in the ground. Then he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. Verse 25, and I underline this, maybe you wanna underline it. To whom will you compare me? This is God talking. Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of this is missing. Don't get me wrong. Scripture is clear that the Lord cares about how we act, how we vote, how we talk, how we pray for our leaders but we don't put our hope in them. We aren't electing a Messiah this Tuesday. We already have one. Our hope is in the Lord. Whom, whom are you placing your hope in? Romans 13, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. That, that is the word of God. So he puts kings in place and he removes kings. Daniel 2, verse 20. May the name of God be blessed forever and ever for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the time and the periods. Underline it, here it is. He removes kings and appoints kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge for people of understanding. And for sake of time, let me just jump down. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, then we're gonna pray. He says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He even youths, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. 
But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Everybody loves to quote that passage of scripture. But you have to realize and remember that there's a thought right before God says this through the prophet Isaiah. He goes on to say in verse, ahead of that, he says in verse 27, he says, why do you complain, Jacob? Meaning, why, why are you whining and complaining, people of God? I mean, do, do you feel that? Complaining about what's going on? God says, why, why, are, you, why are you doing that, JF? What, why are you complaining? He goes on, why do you say Israel? My way, is, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. What, meaning, what, why, are, why are Christians saying, what? God doesn't see me. Where is he at? Do you not know? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. After he says that, this is when, then they'll mount up with wings like, okay? But it, it requires us to stop, gain perspective of who he is, what's going on, that we are a part of his kingdom with one king, an everlasting kingdom, perspective. Stop complaining, knowing that we are a part of something that's supernatural and everlasting and eternal. And what that happens is it, 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 help, it literally like we rise above. And then he gives strength. But there's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's some commitment on our side. Because we all want to get to that mount up with wings. The process is submitting to who he is and what he's up to. Are you looking to be soothed or strengthened during this unique, difficult time, this chaotic time in our country, I want you to know that even in the midst of it, you can find joy. You can find peace. You can find hope. It takes some spiritual exercise, if you will. The, the term is spiritual discipline. You gotta apply this word to your life. I encourage you, I didn't have enough time, but Hop, hop into this passage of scripture. Look at some commentary. I'm telling you, uh, the people of God have been here before. And if Jesus tarries, that's an old school word for saying, if Jesus decides to wait a little bit longer before coming back, there's gonna be trouble down the road. That's just, scripture is so clear uh, that in the end, the last days, the end times, call it what you want to, it's gonna get worse but in the midst of it, we can still find fulfillment, joy. We can stay on assignment, stay on mission. We're here on this earth for a just, a, just a split second, and then it's eternity. My friend, gain some perspective today. Get into your word. Get around 
a, get into some Christian community if you, already are, if you aren't already a part of it. Find somebody. Get some accountability. Get into one of these small groups. If you're a dude right now, I've got a, a, a men's Zoom group. Brother John's sitting right here. Ortiz, he's in it with me. 7 a.m. Thursdays. I'm telling you, find Pastor Eric on, 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 on our website. Get, in, get into, read the word, man. Get in there. I'm telling you, it's gonna encourage you. We have the answers. You don't have to wonder what God's trying to say. He's, he's, all, he's been speaking for thousands of years and he's speaking right now. It requires us to commit to listening. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Let me pray for you, Lord. God, I, I am so at peace right now in my spirit. And I say that only because it's not my conjured up, white knuckled, figure it out kind of piece. It's not a manufactured something. It's not a, uh, a, 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 a pill or, or a massage or something that I've, it's not a bee, it's not Maui. You know what I'm talking about? It's not that. It, 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 it's a peace. Philippians 4, chapter 7. Chapter four, verses seven and eight, the peace of God that surpasses our finite, our, our limited understanding. It's that peace that's guarding my heart right now and my mind. I'm at peace in a moment in time where everything around feels fickle, feels like sinking sand, feels uncertain, that picture walking through downtown Seattle on Wednesday night was just like a, a sense of, not just a physical sense of no one's in that area. I'm talking like, that's how people feel across the board right now. And I thank you, Lord, that although at times my humanity creeps in, the enemy creeps in, and I feel some of that myself, I thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you, that we are able because of what you've done for us, what you continue to do for us, because of what you've said to us, because of the history with the children of Israel and how that parlays over into our own lives, that Lord, we're able to rise above like the prophet that you said through the prophet, rising above like on, on wings, like eagles, above the, the chaos and the storm. And soar alongside with you. God, I thank you that, that my friend right now who's watching, who's dealing with anxiety and fear about what's going on in their own life, and, and maybe it's at a very personal level. Some are like, the election? I'm not even thinking about that. I got so much stuff going on in my own life with my health. COVID has racked my family, my loved ones. I've lost my work. I've, I've, I'm dealing with uh, dependency issues, addiction issues. I'm dealing with past issues that I'm almost, I almost, like the enemy is like making me feel ashamed about stuff that I haven't dealt with because there's so, there, everything else is so much more important right now that I've just buried that down. And that's, that's, a, that's been like a cancer, a spiritual cancer that just keeps manifesting. And, and, and maybe you love God, you love Jesus, but because of something that was unresolved 10 years ago, like it's still there and so it, so it affects everything else. My friend right now, I want you to know, I hope you heard my heart today. 
I hope, I hope you receive this word as encouragement to you, that you're a child of God. You, you, you are a daughter of Zion. You are a son of the living, most high God. And that no matter what happens around here, we are part of what he's up to in his kingdom. And we can find peace in the middle of this storm and chaos. Rest, even. So right now, just wherever you're at, I pray for you. I pray the peace of God would saturate your entire being right now in Jesus' name. Right now, maybe you're watching and you say, Pastor, I need that. I need Jesus. I need God in my life. I'm dealing with all kinds of stuff. Right now, this, this isn't religion. This isn't a backflip. This isn't penance. You can just say, God, I need you right now. I believe in you. That's the requirement to salvation, by the way. Just belief, believing in Jesus, believing that he, is the, that, that, that he is who he says he is. He's the son of God. And he has the power to heal you and set you free today. So God, I pray for my friend right now. Someone's watching and they're accepting you for the first time. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord God, that you would bring my friend peace, direction, rest in Jesus' name. God, I pray for my friend that's watching right now that loves you, but is dealing with anxiety and fear and uncertainty. God, there's a friend right now watching that they've had a perspective shift. They, they, they love you, but they've, they've put so much more an energy and almost more allegiance into other things. And, and, and so right now, a friend that is watching right now, like you're, you're, reorganizing your priorities of, of God in your life and you're putting him first right now, everything else. Are these things important? Of course they are. Of course they are. But I pray for my friend right now as they just kind of readjust the things that are most important to them. So God, right now, as we close, we put Tuesday in your hands. We just read your word. You put princes and kings presidents, leaders in places of power and position. You also remove them. So Lord God, let your will be done. Let your will be done, Lord God. May, may we as followers of Jesus be at peace come Wednesday or whenever we find out what the results are. May, may we be at peace knowing that you're up to something. And when we find the results, may we pray for that leader because you called us to do, called us to do that. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, we pray for our leaders so that we're gonna do that. So right now we just take a minute. As President Trump, he's still our president. We, we pray for the president, our president right now. And Lord God, the next president, we're gonna pray for that president too. Lord God, direct them and guide them. Lord God, I pray that you would do a work in each one of our hearts right now. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for all that you're doing in the families, in our church, in our neighborhood. God, I thank you in the midst of this COVID season right now. I thank you, Lord God, that your work still goes forth. I thank you that we're still able to serve our neighbors and people in need in this community. God, I thank you that your hand is on our church. God, I thank you for those that have gone before us. On this All Saints Day, I think about those that started this church over a hundred years ago, handful of 
Scandinavian people who could even speak English that just said, we, we, we gotta gather, we gotta come together. And a hundred plus years later, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have come to Christ, who have been discipled, missionaries that have come out of this church for all nations. God, I'm so honored to just, just, just be a part of this thing called Church for All Nations. So God, I bless every person that has sown their entire life into this mission here in the Northwest. And God, we just pray that you continue to lead and guide us through this season. Have your way, Jesus. God, we thank you for our country. We thank you for religious freedom. We thank you that we have an opportunity to talk about you, to worship you, Lord God. So we just say, have your way. Keep our, 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 our city safe. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.